Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, Bite Size. This clip comes from episode three with Andrew Lambart, the head physiotherapist at the Hawthorne Football Club. Also known as Bart, he discusses common injuries in the AFL, how to prevent them, and what it's like working as a head physio in the AFL. Hope you enjoy. Let's get um, straight into it, mate. I'm, I'm interested to hear the beginning of your celebrated career. When did it start? When did you first decide that you are going to be a physio and, and take on the studies of, of the physio degree? Yeah, okay. Gee, we're going back a fair way. So I, I, I did physio straight out of school and I really probably got into physio. At, at that stage, as a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, I was, I, was, I was into footy, but I was also pretty strongly into athletics. So I was an 800-metre runner trying to, trying to make it in the, in the big uh, international world. And I probably saw it as a way to stay involved in sport in some way because I love sport so much. So, so really, so that's how it, how it sort of started initially. Yeah, and then I guess when I realised that the, the track and field uh, career wasn't, wasn't going to kick off, I then started working with a lot of the track and field athletes that I was training with because I was a physio at that stage. So I, yeah, I actually moved back to Geelong, which was my hometown, and I moved back to Geelong to train with a pretty, a pretty successful running group down in Geelong. Yeah, with guys like you know Lee Troop, Georgie Clark, Craig Mottram, and those guys all made the Sydney 2000 Olympics. So it was sort of at that point in time that I started working with elite athletes, and I guess my initial. My initial foray into elite sport was really with track and field. So I worked with with Athletics Australia from 2001 until 2006, which I went to the 2004 Athens Olympics as Australian track and field physio. Was oh, one fantastic. Yep. And, then, you know, and there was a couple of uh, Commonwealth Games thrown in there as well, a couple of world championships. So, so yeah, it was pretty that, – that, so that was my start, but obviously – the world of a of a travelling physio with track and field is a, a long long periods of time spent overseas. So yeah. that so I guess really I guess when an opportunity came to to, to get into into AFL, I, I jumped at it really, and that was in that was at the end of two thousand and four at Hawthorne Footy Club when when Clarko arrived, and yeah, there was a bit of a, a clean out really of the whole staff football department out of the Hawks, and so that's when it all started. So, Fantastic. What about, is there any other areas that you've seen the industry really develop quite significantly over the, over the your years? Uh, look, there's constant work going on in regards to hamstring injuries. One thing I would say is that the recurrence rate for hamstring injuries has, has decreased a bit. So we yep. now know a lot more about, I guess, the real anatomy of what happens when you strain your hamstring. So yep. we, we're trying, once again, to put really diligent programs in place to help strengthen hamstrings but we we also know that it's just it's not just um, a strength deficit that causes hamstring injuries mm. there are lots of things there it's multifactorial so it is related to load and fatigue and even sleep you know yep. wellness is all these wellness markers you know are really important also so it's so i think that what, what we're what we're doing is we're gaining more understanding in terms of all the things that contribute to to injury so we're a lot, more, a lot more holistic in terms of managing and thinking some of these these things now. But hamstring injuries, look, we we know a bit more about them. They still occur. The data has been very constant over a, a probably a ten year period. Are you strong on what age a, a kid should start lifting in the gym? Is there is there an age? Is it a, is it a training age thing that you think? I, I think it's a little bit horses for courses. I think you can do if someone's pretty young and underdeveloped. I, I still think that there's some really good lifts that you can do, as you'd know. Some really good stuff that you can do in the gym, and and some things that you should do. 
But yeah, look, it's it's it is really variable, and I don't think there's a recipe necessarily for everyone. But I think mm. that the most important thing is to start gradually and yep. start at a lower level and and progress in a graduated manner. That would be my advice, you know, to 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 younger younger footballers for sure. Yeah, this same person is he's getting some sore calves after running. What presentation exercises can I do? What presentation? I assume that's a typo. Yeah. Well, prevention, I reckon it'd probably be. What prevention exercises? Yeah. yeah, So, so I really saw carbs and, and, and that's something that I would, best exercises for shin splints. Okay. Look, and some of these things, it's really, once again, there's not, I don't really think there's a recipe. It depends on your foot type. It depends on the type of footwear that you're, that, that you're getting around in. And it also depends a bit on load. So how quickly you've spiked your load. So certainly, you know, quick spikes in loads or quick changes in loads can result in muscles becoming quite sore. And certainly shin splints, you know, along the or medial tibial stress syndrome, where the muscles of the medial medial calf compartment can get quite tight and irritate the periosteum as it insert as they insert onto that medial medial shin or medial tibia. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, look, it, it really is. I think that once again, podiatry or sports physio can help assess the foot type and recommend sh- footwear. But but it's but the reason you get shin splints is probably because you because you, you haven't got calf capacity. You, you haven't adapted to the to the loads that you that you're requiring. So so things like calf raises, weighted calf raises, and some some dynamic calf com- uh, progressions can be really good exercises. But once again, it's it's really hard because it's not really it's, there's not a recipe out there. It needs to be tailored tailored to the individual for sure what is better deep tissue massage or cold water therapy for footballers okay um i remember you posting an article to the group last year about well yeah there's not enough there's there's actually not that much evidence in terms of either of those modalities improving recovery so that that's a fact so i think that once again it's personal preference i personally think that those things can help recover can help recovery in an elite athlete, but I think it's it, it just depends on what you like. Some some athletes will hate cold water therapy yeah. and will prefer massage. My only comment to that is that massage is a pretty passive technique, and yes, you can do a little bit of self massage, but often it requires other people to do it. So I think that really trying to develop good strategies where you can self manage is really important for for athletes that haven't quite got to that elite status spending a huge amount of money on on massage and and that sort of things not not as much money on deep on cold what's he what's he said cold water therapy my yeah. my preference to that would be movement in water i think movement is the best form of of recovery so so it might may well be that it's at in the ocean where it's cold but yeah. moving in, in the ocean getting into a pool and doing some active recovery would be my my recommendation in terms of the best best methods but once again personal preference yeah, and the best bit about that as well is it's free, like you're saying, so anyone can do it. Getting a sore knee after running and explosive movement, any advice? You're getting a few general <laughs> questions, but we're going we're to get similar answers, I reckon, guys, if we don't get a bit more specific for that here. <laughs> like physio, like, like uh, <laughs> online physio chat, aren't I? But, um, <laughs> oh, getting a sore knee, there's, so, there's lots of structures in the knee. If it's, if it's related to deceleration and change of directions, often that can be related to kneecap. So your patellofemoral joint, it may be, but look, it's 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 too hard having not not assessed. But I think once again, it's it's with with most things, it's controlling loads and it's progressing your load your loading in a nice graduated manner. So yeah. I just take it if you're getting soreness, take it back a step, 
to, to and, and do an exercise or do a movement that is non-painful and then gradually layer layer the complexities of movement on top of that. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. This came from episode three with Andrew Lambert. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Big thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to take a second and leave us a review. It helps us reach more listeners and is greatly appreciated. I'll see you on the next episode.